brought in to be um, leading us at this time. So Father, um, I know you would have spent time um, in your presence preparing what he has to say for us this morning. I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to uh, really pick up on what it is you have for us today. Would you bless him as he speaks? Would you speak through him by the power of your Holy Spirit and um, bring the seeds that he plants in us today to fruition? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Morning, everyone. When you think about the end of the year and what you should preach in the first Sunday of the new year, you often set it aside and say, all right, well, we'll start our new series next week. What are we going to say this week? And I penciled myself in for it quite a while ago. And um, for a long while, it had been running through my mind that we would talk about the kingdom of God and try and unpack that phrase because, you know, it, it's kind of one we use often, but what does it actually mean? But in the week running up to our time together this morning, uh, I started to think, you know, the word that is really sticking in my mind at the moment is the word become. This idea that we give our lives to Christ and then we become something else. And so I've been exploring that and I'd like to share uh, what I've discovered and how I believe it will impact us as a community of faith uh, going forward uh, over this next uh, little while. It seems to me there are two dominant kind of ideas uh, about what it means to be followers of Jesus. And one relates to a new birth, a, a re-establishment on new foundations, uh, a taking hold of the offer of forgiveness that Jesus brings. And the phrase born again is often used in that context. And there are about 18 references in the scripture to the idea of new birth. But there are over 118 references in the New Testament alone to the kingdom of God. So we're being born into uh, a new kingdom uh, that will guide our lives, will frame who we are and what we do. And the invitation from God through Jesus is to join the kingdom of God, become allied to it, pledge our allegiance to it and then we then step back and say all right well how does the word become fit into our understanding of what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom and it strikes me that in the the scripture there's kind of two uh, references to what we become and one is if we're not careful uh, particularly if we've never acknowledged uh, jesus we can become calloused. Uh, our skin can become hard. This image, this metaphor um, uh, of, uh, uh, of tough, impenetrable uh, skin. And it, the Bible says that our heart becomes calloused and we are resistant to that which would nurture it or change it. So that's the negative image. What is the positive image we have to ask ourselves? And the positive image is often one of fruitfulness and that relates to trees or plants or bushes or seeds or whatever and Jesus uses these uh, kind of agricultural everyday metaphors 
all the time. One of the things about the coming to tree, which is captured in the metaphor, in the physical image we use for the allotment, is that it's deep rooted. And part of what uh, our commitment as a community is, is to help each other be deep rooted in Christ. Let that phrase sit with you for a moment. Help each other be deep rooted in Christ. And the thing about being deep rooted, and there's been programs on it recently, Sharon and I watched a documentary about how the soil in a lot of modern agriculture becomes destroyed. And a lot of the things six inches under that would nurture the harvest have become eroded. So the soil is still there, it still looks like soil, but it doesn't have the life-giving qualities that it needs. And so we are letting down and participating in and seeking to be deep-rooted uh, in the earth. And then up from the earth flows the goodness that nurtures the whole of the tree. And Jesus uses the image of the vine uh, in the book of John and says if we're deep-rooted in him, then his life, his work, his uh, energy, so to speak, will uh, grow up through us and begin to branch out uh, through our lives and our actions and our deeds uh, and our works. The Bible returns again and again to this image of growth. There's the parable of the sower, where some uh, reproduce 40, 60, and 100-fold. And there's an image in the book of Isaiah that talks about oaks of righteousness. And this idea that through our lives, uh, we will grow up like a tree, which will symbolize uh, justice, right thinking, the Prince of Peace, all of those kind of ideas that lie behind uh, those who do the right things because they think the right way. And so we are to become like that tree or that vine or that plant or that mustard seed. And we start tiny. And there's a real kind of encouragement there for us. Some of us might think, oh, do you know, I look around the church, I see all these great singers, worship leaders, church pastors, powerful ministries. Who am I? Who am I? Well, Jesus uses seeds all the time. Seeds are inconsequential, it would seem. They're in a little packet put away in the shed. But one day, some of them will grow into beautiful, majestic things. And some of our lives uh, are going to grow into beautiful, majestic things. Things of, you know, people say to each other, God, he's a bit of a legend. And we think, you know, legend as in famous all over the place. But some of us, all of us, I believe, are going to be legends in somebody's life. People who stepped up, stood up, put our arms around people, loved them through the dark times, cared for them in practical ways. We want to be legends, not to be famous all over the town, but just, you know, with our neighbours or our workplace colleagues or whatever, where they look back. You know, my grandfather worked in the shipyard and met, the men would get together for a Bible study and um, there was a guy there that helped nurture my grandfather uh, in his faith. And he wasn't an internationally known guy. He wasn't massively known around Belfast, but he was a legend in our family. And so um, God is wanting to uh, use us in that uh, way, oaks of righteousness springing up. 
Now, it's just a couple of things I'd like to say about what we become. Uh, and, and, and one of these things might kind of get hold of you and you think, yeah, that's it. That's one of the things that I want to ask God about uh, in uh, 2021. Uh, that's a thing that I want to plant in my life. And so the first of these is that when we commit our lives to God, we become secure. We become secure. We often sing that uh, song that's based around the scripture, nothing can separate us. And we are believers in the relentless, reckless grace uh, of God. But it's beautifully expressed in this idea that we become children of God. In scripture, it tells us that we have become joint heirs uh, with Christ. Matthew uh, 18, we're encouraged to be like little children uh, and to enter the kingdom. In that passage I mentioned earlier on in Luke, immediately after it says that Jesus was full of joy in the Holy Ghost, it says that he, thank God that the message had been given to these kind of rough, ordinary people, not the theoretically wise and learned. And so we are, we are called into uh, the kingdom and we become children of God. And there's a whole uh, sermon there in itself. John 1 verse 12 tells us that we are children of God because of the work of Jesus. So point number one, we become secure. For some of us, for all of us, there will be times when we doubt. But there'll also be times when the devil lies relentlessly to us about our standing before God and whether God really loves us and all of those things. So I want to say to you this morning, take your security in the declaration uh, of Jesus and the words of the scripture that you are a child of God. You're a joint heir uh, with Christ. So one of the things that also happens is we become community. A lot of the promises of the New Testament are not for us as individuals, they're for us as a community. We are supposed to work out this relational repair that has taken place between us and God in a community where relational repair will be part of uh, the watchword uh, of who we are. And it's beautifully expressed um, uh, in, I've just mislaid the... Um, reference but it says that we are being built together to become a dwelling place for the holy spirit built together to become a dwelling place for the holy spirit let's just unpack that for a second where did the holy spirit dwell back in the day it dwelt in the tabernacle which was a tent then it built it resided um uh, god's presence resided in the temple in uh, jerusalem but when Jesus came along, he said, that temple's going to go. The Holy Spirit is now present in me. I'm going to breathe on you. The Holy Spirit will be present with you, in you, on you, around you, and all of those things. And so as a community, as a body, God is building a building. It's not a physical building, but it's a symbolic building, a group of people that he is going to fill with the Holy Spirit. Uh, so that they become a dwelling place uh, for God. I've walked into churches occasionally, 
and just felt a shiver go through me, not of fear or anything else, but just a sense that this was a place where God dwelt. This is a place where God felt happy. The angels were having a meeting and saying, right, which meeting are you going to check out, you know, this morning? There'll be some places where God's going, it's all right, guys, I'll take care of that. I'm going to, you know, wherever two or three are present, I'm always there. But this lot, I just want to, you know, spend a little bit of time with them because something's happening. They're worshipping me with integrity and grace and, and mercy and all of those things. So we're becoming a community built together to become a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And then the scripture tells us that we are becoming mature. In Ephesians 4, uh, verse 13, James says, be slow to anger. And one of the things that the Bible is encouraging us to do in the idea of the fruits of the Spirit uh, in much of what James says and in much of what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount <clears throat> is to orientate our lives in a new direction, to frame it in a different way. To say, I'm going to live in the light of who Jesus was because that tells me who God is and that will guide my actions into the future. One of the most pressing issues uh, in our community and society today relates to feud food security. And we might look at the Trestle Trust and say, well, great, great charitable thing that they're doing there, you know, more power to them. But it's actually a bit more than that. It's an expression of the heart of God. He comes back to food security throughout the entire scriptures into the life of Jesus in the teaching that he gives uh, around uh, Luke 4 and Matthew 25. Food security is always on God's heart and so he's given us this gift and saying to us part of having this gift is giving gifts to others and in the book of james it, it says to us do you know if you've got all this provision and you don't feed the hungry and he's echoing the old testament and so part of our maturity is not looking at people and going well i'm sorry but you know bad choices Looking at people and saying, there is a need, I will respond to it now, and uh, I will reflect the heart of God. So becoming mature uh, relates to uh, a, 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 one of the scriptures talks about blameless, pure life. And, and what it's getting at in its root is integrity, a general disposition. We will rarely be perfect, but we will have a general disposition towards looking at people through the eyes of Jesus and in the light of uh, the goodness of God. And then one of the things that happens out of that is that we become servants. Just think about that for a moment. Jesus's deeply symbolic act in washing the disciples' feet, a servant activity which the honoured guest was not supposed to do. And we might walk into situations and say, you know, I'm the ambassador of God. Uh, he's on my side. Um, so bless me. Nurture me, you know. Fill me uh, up with your warm worship and your wonderful food and all of these things. At some point, Jesus is going to say to us, so are you going to wait at the table? Are you going to wash the dishes? Are you going to go and sit with that lonely person in the corner? Do you know, and so... Being servants of the gospel literally means 
uh, doing mundane things to bless, nurture, and help other people. Mundane things. It's all about what's going to happen in our church and our community. Doing mundane things with grace, persistence, patience, and a heart after God. So we become servants of the gospel. Colossians 1 verse 23 tells us. In Hebrews 7 verse 16, it says that the integrity of our lives will enable us to become priests in the kingdom. Now, back in the day, it was your birth line that made you a priest. Jesus is saying, you're all priests now. And some of you are going to be priests in church buildings, but some of you are going to be priests in a classroom. Some of you are going to be priests in a woodwork uh, facility. Some of you are going to be priests when you're looking after people's feet. Some of you are going to be priests in a music studio. Some of you are going to be priests at the food bank. Some of you are going to be priests when you sit down at your keyboard and compose songs. Whatever it is, your ability to be somebody who can impart the goodness of God, it's now with you. It's not with a specialist group or a tribe or whatever. It's us. And finally, and this is the point where I want to say to you, really think about this. Matthew 13, verse 52, it says, become disciples. And so the disciple is one who said, do you know, I really like the way this person teaches. I'm going to sit there and discover the wisdom. I'm going to sit there and discover the wisdom. So how are you going to sit there and discover the wisdom? I'm deeply uh, wary about making prescriptions and saying i'd like you all to do the following things we've talked about in the past in our church uh, about disciplines that will help us grow be strengthened nurtured we use the metaphor of sports just as paul does that you train to be more excellent but becoming disciples is part of that whole thing god is not our messenger uh, our errand boy he's our uh, great eternal leader and we're gonna uh, ally ourselves to his wisdom and his mercy and his grace so what does that bring forth do you know it says in matthew 13 verse 52 that the people are going to bring forth old treasures so many of you will have old treasures in your life you grew up around a certain situation you have a set of skills you have a way of doing a particular job and when you give your life fully over to christ the old treasure doesn't die it just finds a new outlet but that same scripture says that you're going to bring forth new treasures and so as we look to 2021 i want us to be thinking about what the new treasures might be that God would bring forth in each of us. Where does he want to uh, implant something that then comes out beautifully uh, to affect the lives of others? What might your new treasure be? And don't talk yourself down before you start. 
It might be something tiny. It might be a poem that you write. It might be a song that you sing. It might be a little stock of Bible verses that you decide to remember and memorize uh, and use uh, in the everyday conversations of your life when they're appropriate. It might be learning an entirely new gift and skill. It might be digging much deeper into uh, a scriptural uh, insight or um, a set of thinking. It might be looking out at the world and having a redemptive revelation. When you're down at that allotment, which many of you are, don't think, oh, well, you know, Dave, Sharon and Ruth, Caroline, they do all the dreaming down here. Dream yourself. Dream yourself. And come to us and say, you know, I wonder if, and I had a picture of, and the allotment is just the start. There would be other situations where God might prompt me or Sharon or Ruth or Caroline, and we'll come to you guys and say, what do you think about exploring X? And then you'll need to come to us and say, I think I've got a treasure for that. I think God's given me an insight or a way of thinking about that that might be wonderful. So when you become a disciple, there's going to be new treasures. And I want to encourage you to think in this coming year uh, and over this next couple of weeks, not a New Year's resolution, not some scary thing, but just what treasure, what treasure do you want to release in my life this year? And so that leaves us with the question, what treasure do you want to see because you have become a disciple of Jesus? And then step back from the individual application of it and say, what treasure does God desire to release in us as a community so that we can nurture people's lives here in Eastbourne and much further afield? For better or worse, one of our congregation has significant influence in the schools uh, around the UK. One of our number is a song finder, and the songs that he finds are in hundreds of nations. One of us is a writer who helps other people write about prayer, and it touches hundreds of nations. What treasure is within us that we will give to Eastbourne, and what treasure is within us that we will give to the wider body of Christ? What does he want us to become in 2021? It seems like he said, be a community. Centre yourself around the table and hospitality. Tick. Then he said, the allotment. Tick. What does he want us to tick in 2021? We could have 28 ideas about what that might be, but we probably need to implement them one at a time. But what treasure does he want us to release because we've become his disciples? We'd like to play you uh, a song now. And uh, it's called You Crown the Year. And it, it's an older song. I'm not expecting you to sing along with it, but you'll see the lyrics there. But the couple of times that I watched it before I decided to use it, I just thought there is a prophetic imperative in this song that actually speaks to much of what we believe and much of what we're doing. So as you listen to this uh, and you see the lyrics on the screen, 
allow it to be a moment when you can reflect on the things that we've just talked about. What we're becoming as a individuals, what we're becoming as a church, what treasures God desires to bring forth in us. Let's listen to the You Crown the Year 